What is going on, everybody? Jonathan Pemby here with Adam Burns, bringing you another edition of Anti Up on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Filling in here tonight for Howard Bender uh, after the Sunday night football game between the Patriots and the Seahawks. Uh, Adam, quite a day of uh, football for us again. Uh, almost about to wrap up week two. Uh, what were your first impressions and takeaways of today? Uh, it was just absolute carnage this week. I mean, the injuries just happened minute after minute. It was really brutal. Obviously, the biggest one, Saquon Barkley, the consensus number two pick in most drafts, had to be taken off the field after his knee buckled. And obviously, the preliminary reports are torn ACL, and usually they know. So that's just brutal uh, for anyone that had him. Uh, Raheem Mostert with a MCL sprain, Jimmy Garoppolo, high ankle, Cam Akers, rib injury, Devontae Adams, hamstring injury, Paris Campbell. It looked really bad. That looked really bad, yeah. Yeah, but apparently they're saying it's not a torn ACL. It looks like MCL and won't miss the season. Uh, Drew Locke with a shoulder injury. It looks like he's out two to six weeks. Cortland Sutton left the game. I mean, it was just so many injuries on the defensive side, too, with Nick Bosa. I mean, the 49ers had a ton of injuries, and they were complaining about the field at MetLife. They said it was very slippery, and they have to go back there next week to take on the Giants. But, yeah, Christian McCaffrey with an ankle injury. I know I'm good. I'm leaving something out because there were so many that I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. But, yeah, it was just a brutal day for injuries. And a lot of fantasy owners are, are very down right now. And trust me, I have Barkley in a couple leagues. I have some of the – I have A.J. Brown. I have Jamison Crowder. Oh, Brashad Perryman left with an ankle injury. Yeah. Will Maybe Fuller so- left with a hamstring, came back, but didn't get any targets. He didn't get a target. And I, I don't know. Did they say officially that's why? Because he was in and out of the game. I think yeah, he played was, about 65% was, of the snaps. It was a hamstring that made him go into the locker on the first time. And then he came out. I think he was just a decoy the second half. Um, Devontae Adams had a hamstring. I don't know if you mentioned him yeah, or not. Yeah, mentioned him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so just like, yeah, it was, it was rough. It's brutal. And, but look, here's the thing, because the immediate reaction, especially when you have a Barkley, oh, my season's over. And it's not. It's week two, and you can overcome it. You might have three, four, five injuries. Yeah, it's more difficult. Hopefully you have some IR spots. But there are leagues, like the high-stakes leagues, where it's 20 roster spots, no IR. Um, and once we find out Barkley is officially out, I'll just cut him. And I'm not going to find much in the way of wire, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to fight it out. I know the odds are against you now, but if you're in a more shallow format, 10-team league, 12-team league, maybe the wave of wire, there's more out there, and there could be some potential pickups this week. So just don't give up. It's easy to be discouraged. We've all been there, and it doesn't feel good, but you just have to keep plugging away, and you can still get into playoffs. I had a team last year started 0-4 in a 14-team league. I came back and won the championship. And I had Barkley on that team. And remember, he did get hurt. He came back and had a strong finish. We're probably not going to be that fortunate this year. But you just have to plug away. Because you have to also remember, with all these injuries, it's going to affect a lot of other teams as well. So I know it sucks. Trust me. I'm trying to be optimistic myself. The immediate reaction when you look and you're like, oh, I have Saquon Barkley and Philip Lindsay and A.J. Brown. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, but you just do the best you can. You don't give up, work the waiver wire, make a trade, and you never know. We had uh, the fear of overreaction uh, Monday after week one. Uh, overreaction Tuesday after week two, or Monday after week two, is going to be uh, it's gonna be quite a scene here, uh, I can only imagine. Um, you know, but like you said, you know, try not to just panic. 
if you drafted depth, hopefully you did that for your drafts and you may be okay. Uh, but like you said, other teams are now in other situations too, where maybe you can make a deal that's sort of beneficial for everybody. Um, you know, if you were in a spot last week where maybe you still saved, you know, your fab budget, you know, I saw a lot of people dropping dollars on guys like Benny Snell, Naeem Hines didn't even get a target today. You know, like oh, he, he had one target, one target for four right. yards. That's yeah, right. it. That was yeah. his only touch of the game. So, yeah. so there's a lot of people who spent fab last week and got nothing out of that production. So maybe you find yourself in a better spot uh, to potentially pick up some guys this week or make new moves. And uh, like you said, it's only week two, so no reason to just give up now. So, Yeah, and look, there are going to be some situations where it's bleak. If you're in a very deep format and you have four or five injured players, yeah, it might be difficult to come back from. You know, you could have, you could have drafted Kenny Galladay, A.J. Brown, Barkley. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And it's going to be difficult, but you don't just say, all right, well, two weeks, I'm owing to all these injuries. That's it. I'm going home. No, it's just like anything. You don't give up. You fight it out. And even if you don't make the playoffs, you know, maybe you become respectable and maybe your league has weekly payouts. Uh, I don't like those. I've had this argument with Justin Fenceman. Yeah. But one of my leagues is doing that this year. They decided, hey, because of the potential of the pandemic and things shutting down, you know, at least we have some payouts, so we're going to weekly high score gets a payout. So, you know, there, there are things like that. And, again, you just make a couple moves. Maybe some players you have now are underperforming, and they get going, and you never know. You can turn it around. But the worst thing you can do is just give up and not log back into your team. Fight it out. Make it tough for everyone else. And, again, if you just make moves here and there – you never know. And just because you're 0-2 doesn't mean anything. I mean, I had – I don't know. Have you ever played in the Raz Bowl? Oh, yeah, I'm in there. I'm in the Raz Bowl. Yeah, last year, David Johnson was my first-round pick. I mean, he was obviously terrible, right? Mm-hmm. I still finished in the top five overall because the rest of the team was good. So it, if you have five or six injuries, yeah, it's tough. But it doesn't mean that you fold up shop and go home. Uh, it just means the task to get into playoffs is going to be more difficult, but not impossible. And that's why we'll help you at FantasyAlarm.com. That's that's what we're here for is to, you know, help steer you in the right direction. But just don't get discouraged. I, I know it's easy. I Trust me. I'm talking from someone who has Saquon Barkley in an NFFC league, okay? <laughs> that's a, a, a online championship league. So I'm pretty sure it's, I'm not getting into playoffs. But I'm not going <laughs> to give up. I'm going to make pickups. Going to set my lineup. I'm not giving up. I'm just not built to give up. All right. So, I well, I definitely agree with you there. Let's take a look at some of the, uh, you know, things that happened during maybe week two on the positive side here. Uh, somebody that kind of uh, went a little overboard uh, during the Family Times podcast last week with uh, uh, Justin Fenserman, Matt Sells, was talking about Josh Allen and what I think maybe his potential upside could be if he's really going to continue to show uh, this growth and his passing attack. Uh, now he's only faced the Jets and the Dolphins, but now we're two weeks in. He had another game with near 70% completion percentage. Uh, he threw four touchdowns, uh, you know, the other day uh, against, or, or sorry, against Miami, two against the Jets. So are you a believer in this turnaround with Josh Allen in this passing game? Do you think Stefan Diggs has really made this huge improvement uh, for them, or do you think he's just facing bad opponents? I think it's a combination of both, and I was, yeah, I was down on Diggs. You know what, though? I think it got to the point where I think we as a community got have gotten really sharp because I thought Diggs would be a third, fourth round pick 
when we first started doing it. And he fell to the sixth round. And there was a league or two where I was like, oh, he's here in the sixth. I'll take him. And I don't – he didn't make it to me. But I'm not going to lie. I was not hiding him. I'm like, he's going to be inconsistent with Josh Allen. Now, so far, so good. But you did hit the point, which I was going to bring up, and you said it. It's the Jets and the Dolphins. Their schedule – they have some difficult opponents on this schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the Rams next week. And the Rams defense has been pretty good so far. Uh, and that's a tough matchup. You got Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Now they are at home for that. Then they got the Raiders. Not nah, no big deal. Titans. Well, I mean, I thought they were solid defensively, but they gave up a ton of Jacksonville today. What? Yeah. What's going on there? Yeah. The Chiefs defense, which I think's pretty good. I think they did a. Pre- I know they gave up 300 yards to Her- Herbert today, but uh, they get the Jets again. The Patriots. Well, we saw them Sunday night. I mean, they're beatable. Um, yeah, especially to a mobile quarterback, it seems like. Uh, you know, Wilson obviously gave them fits. You know what? I was thinking, you know, maybe it's not as bad. Some of these teams, I mean, the Chargers defense, I actually do think is pretty good. And they really limited Kansas City today for a portion of that game. So I noticed that this morning when I was doing some research for the best bets. And while I obviously didn't pull the trigger on like calling out a Kansas City with the points or anything like that. Uh, you look at Patrick Mahomes last year against Kansas, against the Chargers. He didn't play well against them. He only, he only got over uh, 180 yards passing once. Uh, of the two games he played, he had two touchdowns and two interceptions total, uh, you know, low 60s completion percentages. So there's something with the Chargers. They just seem to know how to defend, I guess, Mahomes or at least that Chiefs offense. And uh, again, you know, it came down to the wire uh, there. If I was the Chargers, I would have gone for it in overtime. I mean, oh, why, of course. You know, why are you, you punting the ball back to the Chiefs there when all they need is the field goals beyond me? But uh, you know, that's that's you know, Anthony Lynn, you know, who also said uh, that when healthy Tyrod will return as their starter. I don't know why you would do that, just let Herbert continue to play. So, uh, you know, maybe just some poor coaching decisions there, but uh, they te- they seem to play the Chiefs tough, and, and they, that proved true again today, yeah, for sure. So, and I think you know, they played well against the Bengals in week one, and we kind of looked and said, oh, the Bengals again, but then we saw the Bengals come out and put up points against Cleveland, so I think it's more of Chargers defense being solid, although I don't know if I've seen teams have more close heartbreaking losses than the Chargers and Lions over the last couple of years. It's like those teams mirror each other. Mm-hmm. I think the Lions have had, if I read correctly, I kind of glanced over it. I think the Lions have had a double digit lead in four straight games and lost. Jeez. So uh, that's typical Lions. But I do think Josh Allen's look, he's going to be a QB one for fantasy because of his rushing upside. There's going to be some weeks where you know, he gets 60, 70 yards. Uh, he he still will drive you crazy. Even last week against the Jets, if you watch that game, he had some amazing throws, and then he missed John Brown wide open in the end zone. Like, just Brown was just in the back of the end zone, and he sailed it over his head. So accuracy is still an issue for him, but he's got, like, John Brown is phenomenal. And I Yeah, I, I, actually, I, I got John Brown in some best balls, like, later, like, you know, doubled in around 10, 11. Because he was falling down there. And, yeah, I mean, at that point, I was like, oh, you know, he's a downfield threat. Maybe he'll get some darts. But, I mean, he's been really strong these two games. Well, I didn't draft him this year, and I was all over him last year. And best ball, I probably should have thought twice about that because, you know, you'll take his four or five big games. I think consistency is going to be an issue for him with Diggs there because I just didn't yeah. think there was enough volume in this offense. Now, they've put up points so far, you know, 27 against the Jets and 31 today. But I do want to see them against the better defense. But you're going to be happy if you have Josh Allen and. There'll be a game like we, the the epitome of Josh Allen was that playoff game last year against the Texans. Right. Do you remember that? Like yeah. there were some plays where you're like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. And then you were like, what the hell is he doing? So that's something we need to see him get better at. 
And I'm interested to see him against the Rams, uh, the Chiefs. He gets the Steelers defense later in the year. Um, I think actually his playoff weeks were pretty tough. Let me see. Yeah, the Steelers were, that looks like week, well, week 14. Um, he gets the Steelers. So that's playoffs for most leagues. Then the Broncos in 15 in Denver, which is not easy. I think, I know the Broncos right. a defense has had some injuries, but they've been tough against the run. And then the Patriots on the road. And, you know Bill Belichick and defense, and yes, they've lost a lot of pieces, but that could be a tough game, and that's a, a Sunday night game or a Monday night game, it looks like. looks like Monday night. So, um, yeah, it looks tougher down the road, but uh, you got to like what you've seen from Josh Allen so far. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another quarterback off to a, a nice start here, Kyler Murray. Uh, Cardinals now 2-0. and uh, Murray getting more done on the, on the ground than in necessarily through the air. You know, today, 286, uh, one touchdown, one interception, but ran – for two scores uh, the week before that, week one against the 49ers. He had 91 yards and a touchdown rushing in that one. Uh, you know, what's your take on, on Murray here? And, and what's your prospects for, you know, the Cardinals moving forward? You know, are you going to be a believer uh, in them in this division? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, it, I think Murray's adjusting to the speed in the NFL and, you know, after having that year under his belt and also – Landing DeAndre Hopkins, that's what he needed. I mean, they just didn't have that go-to receiver last year as much as good as Larry Fitzgerald has been throughout his career. I mean, he's just not the same anymore. Hopkins is exactly what he needed. Uh, now, they you know, they beat the 49ers. So I know the I don't think the four even before all these injuries, I didn't think they were going to be as good as last year. But still, it's an impressive win on the road. And Washington's defense is good. The front seven, they're they're weak oh, yeah. Like yeah, Chase Young just changes that whole. Oh, ridiculous, yeah. So, but you knew Murray was going to run. And I think everyone, the problem was you couldn't get Murray cheap. Like you could have said, well, if there's a Lamar Jackson this year, it could be Murray. Not to the ceiling of Lamar Jackson because their run game is not as potent in Arizona. But you couldn't get him cheap. I mean, Murray was the fifth, sixth quarterback off the board in every draft, which is why mm-hmm. I didn't get him. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're going to be good. The division is tough. You know, Seattle's 2-0 and now. Rams 2-0. and so and the 49ers are uh, one and one. So but that's a tough division. And I knew that was going to be a tough division this year. Uh, but, yeah, they're they're going to be in the hunt for the playoff spot. I mean, the NFC East is looking pretty bad right now. Uh, the cent- the North is looking pretty bad. I mean, I know the Packers are two. and oh, so The Packers are going to just run away with that division. I mean, like, you know, and it sucks because I'm like, I don't think the Packers are that good. But, man, I knew they're the- probably not that good. You said this about them last year. And I know that. You know, eventually proved to be true once they face some tougher competition. But I mean, the, the, that division is, is pretty bleak. And you know, there. I mean, Aaron Jones had what was it, two hundred and thirty total yards or something crazy like that today. I mean, that and that's another guy, and I'm guilty of it too, where we we probably faded him too much. And in one of my drafts, he came back to. I had the fourth pick, and he came back to me in the second round. I said, I'm gonna take him here, like. I know the concerns were, all right, touchdown regression, clearly. But really the biggest concern is, like, when you read what teams do, we've discussed this, they took A.J. Dillon, and it's like, wait a second, you don't sign Aaron Jones to a contract, he's a free agent at the end of the year, you have Jamal Williams, you don't draft receivers for Aaron Rodgers, like, what are you guys doing? Mm -hmm. So it kind of led us to believe, well, maybe they're not going to use him, but it's clear. If you watch Aaron Jones, he is the best running back on that team. Yeah, I just sure. was like, there. If you even last year, like off the top of your head, how many carries did Aaron Jones have last year? You know what a great year he's had. I don't know if you know offhand, but don't look it up. How many carries do you think he had last year? 
It wasn't a lot. I know, I know that was one of my main concerns. Um, I don't know. Was it like 200? Was it even close to that? 236. Like yeah. for a first round pick, that's mm-hmm. not a lot. He had 1,084 rushing yards. Yeah. So it's like that was the issue. Remember, that were early in the year last year. It was him and Jamal Williams splitting. There were weeks Aaron Jones yeah. played 60% of the snaps. And it's like, wait. So now I'm taking a guy with 19 total touchdowns who probably might not get a lot. They drafted a running back. Jamal Williams is there. It's like, I don't know. But when you let him go to the mid late second round, that's where I'm like, all right, I'll take him. And yeah, I'm obviously I, only, I, I was did. very down on him for all the reasons that you're mentioning there. Uh, but he, he, I got him in the end of the second round in one draft. And the only reason I took him because the guys on the board at that time, he was just potentially had the highest upside. And again, I did so many drafts to share. I just wanted to make sure I spread out a little bit of everywhere. Uh, so I was able to snag him in one spot. But yeah, uh, same, same reason wild. for me. It was like, okay, well, if he's going to fall here uh, and everyone else is taking running backs and I know I'm going to get receivers I want, fine, I'm going to take him here. So you want to say you got, got lucky, whatever. And look, the season's not over. Everyone does this. Everyone's after one or two weeks. Oh, I told you this. Don't do that, man, because you're going to get burned, man. I see it all the time. Let the season play out. This is such – a lot of things are unpredictable. We're going to get things right. We're going to get things wrong too. So just kind of let it play out. And so far, obviously, if you didn't fade Aaron Jones and you believed in him, you're looking good. But things can quickly change. And I always look at someone – what are the reasons? And we just went over the reasons and they were all logical, right? Mm-hmm. They were logical reasons as to why we were concerned. And some running backs that were taken before him don't look as good. Other there's injuries. So there's just so many things that go into it. And, you know, if I feel like the reasoning and analysis was correct, then I don't feel that bad. Uh, one of the, we mentioned sort of overreactions was, uh, a lot of the fab money spent on Benny Snell with James Conner, you know, figuring possible ankle injury. Uh, Snell today, three carries, five yards. James Conner, 16 for 106 and a score. Uh, broke my heart because I had Pittsburgh uh, giving the six and a half here. And at the very end of that game, he broke off that like 60-yard run, just ran out of juice at like the 10-yard line. And then Pittsburgh never just ran out the clock. They didn't even try for the field goal uh, at the end to push it over and, and kind of lost the spread there. But uh, you know, what's your take? You know, you're back on the Connor train. Uh, seems like clearly he is the go-to guy again. Yeah. And you know, it's funny cause I had him at RB 21 in the rankings. And then I saw the report from Ian Rapport. They're going to split. They might split with Snell and even Tomlin alluded to it during earlier in the week. Like, well, yeah, you know, we might uh, use Snell on, but that's not what he's done throughout his career. He always goes with one running back. Uh, that's pretty been his MO. Um, and so I, I moved Connor down, but I drafted him in one league and I, I played him. I mean, I didn't really have better options. I don't remember who I had. I know I can't remember who I had, but maybe I had Kelly, Joshua Kelly, but yeah. I went with Connor and look, he wasn't great. He had a 59 yard run late yeah. uh, when they were milking. The the drive. It was the last He basically almost pulled the four net. Yeah. And he had a touchdown earlier in the game, mm-hmm. um, but he had 16 carries. And the Broncos defense is pretty good against the run. We saw what they did last week against uh, Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry needed 100 carries to get over 100 yards. Right, right. And um, Connor, two car- two catches, 15 yards. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Connor is going to be the guy as long as he's healthy. And 
you know, that's why I didn't add Benny Snell anywhere. I was actually surprised in my only. He only went for 155. I thought someone would have spent more. Mm -hmm. um, I had decent running backs in that league. But um, if that happened this week, because I have Saquon Barkley in that league, who knows? Maybe I would have spent more. But um, And I've always said this. Like, people will say, hey, I want to make a trade. Uh, I want to trade one of my running backs. I have good depth. And I always go to them. All right, well, talk to me next week if you have depth. Because, like, right. no one ever has depth at running back. And, like, this week's the perfect example. You could have had Barkley and, like, Swift and Kelly. And, and you, like, you feel good. And now it's like, oh, shoot, Swift, uh, Barkley's out for the year. Now my depth is gone. Yeah, so right. you never – that's why I say it's hard to trade in fantasy football. Because what does everyone need? Running backs. Who wants to give up running backs? Even if you have five good ones. And who does? No one does. But say you get lucky. Are you going to trade that away knowing the way injuries happen in the NFL? So I just find it – I don't know about you. I find it – I don't think there were any trades in my home league last year for football. Yeah, I'm the same way. The last year there – and we actually had some people uh, in my league sort of complain that the league was quote-unquote dead because nobody wanted to make moves. I'm like, it's not that we didn't want to make moves. It's just that like – you know, we're not going to, you know, handcuff our team by making a move that doesn't really benefit anybody there. So it was mostly just waiver wire claims. Uh, but, yeah, there was zero trades in my football league last year. Yeah, because it's like, all right, no one's trading. If you've, Even if you have a quarterback, no one's, no one's giving up something significant for a quarterback. You can just go to the waiver wire and find someone. Ryan Tannehill last year. I'm sure there's someone else that I'm forgetting. But you could go to the waiver wire. And in some leagues, not everyone holds a backup, especially if you have 16 roster spots. Tight end, I mean – no one, if you have Kelsey, Kittle, Mark Andrews, you don't want to trade those guys. Now, maybe you maybe you drafted one of those guys and you drafted John o. Smith or Hawkinson or someone. All right. And, and maybe Mark Andrews, you had last year's backup. All right. Maybe you can get some. But like what? It's just everyone needs a running back. That's what everyone wants. Who's yeah. trading away a running back? That's the big, that's the problem I, I see. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, that's why I was willing to in my drafts you know, really grab a lot of the deaf guys. Now, of course, it didn't really work out totally in my favor because I drafted Marlon Mack out for the year, drafted Philip Lindsay on the shelf. Uh, I drafted Tevin Coleman, and now we have Randy Mostert with, a, I guess I'm reading, potential sprained MCL. Yeah. Um, you know, so who knows how long that's going to shelf him. But now Coleman, Coleman did get banged up a little bit too. I think he came, he came yeah. back though, but, and he, he wasn't very effective. No, I, I mean, bet the Jets, the Jets have a good run D. I mean, I obviously yes. didn't look, it didn't look it on that first carry and I was kicking myself. But, and third uh, and 31 for McKinney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like 85 yards on the first carry of the game or something like that. But, uh, you know, generally they have a good, they have a good run defense. Um, you know, they, they held the bills actually in check pretty well last week running the football. So, um, but yeah, so I, it's interesting. Like you say, you know, people don't really have depth. A lot of the depth was really drafted anyway. So, uh, you know, you're really going to be doing the scrap heap. Uh, Adam, let's talk about your Cowboys, uh, in what looked to be a game where they had no shot of winning. Uh, and then the Falcons Falcon, they allowed an onside kick, which is, like the rarest of rare things that happen these days, given the new uh, rules for kickoffs uh, and the Cowboys come back and win 40, uh, 39. This game had an over under total. I think of like 53 and a half. It was the chalkiest of chalk days for DFS. And it came through uh, in, a, in a huge way. Dak Prescott, four total touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns to go with 450 yards passing. Uh, what was your like, Takeaway here from this game, other than, of course, the Falcons continue to suck. But, you know, anybody that really popped for you that you were uh, happy to see go off? 
Yeah, I mean, this was a surprising result because Dallas, I don't think they realized they had a game today. I mean, they give up 20 points in the first quarter. They had four fumbles, losing three, uh, and they just looked lost. They had a couple of fake punts that weren't effective. Um, but you knew, yeah, all right. Fake punts were hilarious. I yeah, <laughs> I mean, but if you if you guys didn't see the onsides kick, watch a replay of that. I don't know what the Falcons were thinking. I haven't read any articles yet to see what the quotes were. But the, the onsides kick, everyone was watching this ball go 10 yards. Like, obviously, the Cowboys were waiting for it to go 10 yards so they could pounce on it. They If they hop on it before, the legal kick. But Atlanta, I don't know if they didn't know the rules or what. Like, as soon as the ball is kicked and you see it, go get it. And they were, like, kind of watching it go. And then Dallas saw it go 10, boom, pounced on it. It was the most crazy thing I've ever seen. And they get it and then go down the field. Now, they settled. I thought they settled for a field goal. I mean, I think you got to be a bit, a bit more aggressive with the way field goals are now. Yeah. Uh, what was it, a 46-yarder or something? I mean, it wasn't a chip shot. No. So I, up, uh, I think so. I mean, he had two yeah, field goals. Yards. Yeah, so it's like, what do you – because if they would have missed that, McCarthy would have just gotten roasted. So they were fortunate that he hit it. But – yeah, I mean, look, this is what we expected. Dak was a great play. Matt Ryan was a great play. You know, Zeke came through with a touchdown involved in a pass game, six for 33. Uh, Todd Gurley's the only one who didn't, but I can't imagine people used him in DFS in season long. Look, uh, I was not high on Gurley. Uh, he, he, you know, this is a game, well, they were playing from ahead, so you didn't expect them to catch a lot of passes. Uh, but I, this is going to be a passing game. If you were worried about Hayden Hurst, it was the matchup last week against yeah. Adams of Seattle and you know Gage benefited although Gage had another good game but Julio yeah. Jones I guess apparently was still bothered by this hammy yeah he dropped I, I, I would have loved to have known that ahead of time I, well, now, he was, I was injury report and we knew yeah. that last week but they didn't say like he'd be limited or anything yeah, and I didn't see a snap to but practice. he dropped the touchdown from yeah, Russell Gage yeah yeah he dropped the touchdown um, now, so I was actually very fortunate in DFS terms this this week. I did a Falcon stack, but I used Ryan, Hurst, and Ridley. I didn't have any Julio. So, like, that I benefited from. But season long, I had Julio. And if I knew he was just going to be a decoy, I probably would have maybe uh, used some other guys. It's only a two-wide receiver league. I had some decent depth. If I knew he was hurt, I probably would have taken a, a different uh, look at it. Um but yeah, is, Ridley is, was Ridley was a great play, and you know. Yeah, I mean, listen, Ridley is exactly who everybody touted him. To, is he's going to be this year? It's year three breakout. Calvin Ridley, if he can stay healthy, he's going to have an absolute monster season because Matt Ryan's going to be throwing thirty five plus times a game. Like that's just what their offense, I think, is going to is going to continue to be uh, in Atlanta. Uh, you know, another high target week, like you said, they're, they're making Russell Gage fantasy relevant. You know, like. Yeah, I mean, I was a little worried after week one. Like, okay, well, but look, they're going to throw a ton. Their defense is terrible. Uh, so, I look, I don't know if Gage is going to go off every week, but he certainly yeah. deserves to be rostered. He had nine targets. We'll see what happens with Julio. Okay. Again, he should have had a touchdown. He dropped it. Uh, but Hayden Hurst, if you were worried, you know, he came through with a good showing, five for 72, a touchdown on eight targets. Knew this was a good matchup against Dallas and the injuries they have at linebacker. Yeah. Michael Gallup was the disappointment here, two for 58 on five What's targets. What's a Dalton Schultz? What's a, is that what we are? are we, is this a real? Because Jen Piacenti actually threw him out in her bargain DFS video for the week as a bargain tight end option. Ten targets, nine for 88 and a score. Uh, is he, you know, Truly uh, a guy we can trust, you know, filling in for Blake Jarwin here? I don't think so. 
Uh, he just happened to be open a lot in this game, and they were obviously passing a ton. So I don't think you can count on it. Uh, obviously, Cooper, Lamb, you know, Lamb had another good game. Yeah, Lamb was looking legit, huh? Yeah, nine targets, six for 106. Cooper had a great one-handed catch. So I don't think you can count on that every week from Schultz. Um, but, yeah, this game pretty much uh, across the board uh, gave you what you wanted uh, for DFS for season long. Uh, the other team that had a large lead today and ended up blowing it, uh, you know, towards the end there uh, was Tennessee. Now, they were able to come through with the win. Gaskowski hit it, but uh, it shouldn't have nearly been as close as it ended up being. I mean, they were up 24-10 and a half. Uh, Jacksonville had a nice fourth quarter uh, come back there. But again, Ryan Tannehill, sort of the story here, four passing touchdowns uh, on the day. John o. Smith got two, Adam Humphreys, and Corey Davis came through with one. No A.J. Brown uh, in this one. Tannehill coming off you know, a strong performance uh, against Denver in week one where he had two more touchdowns here. Um, you know, Tennessee's offense is rolling. Uh, are you you said you started Tannehill in the league this uh, this week. You know, are we, is this what we're getting now? Tannehill sort of just rejuvenating his career in Tennessee? That was a good matchup. I mean, this was reminiscent of the games last year. It's like, oh, 24 pass attempts, 18 completions, four touchdowns, 10 yards per pass attempt. It's like, wait a second, he can't do this again. Right. Now, week one, he had 43 pass attempts, which was uncharacteristic, and he did this without A.J. Brown. It was against Jacksonville. I mean, I played him only because my other quarterback is Daniel Jones, and you know, I didn't really love the matchup against Chicago. So I rolled with Tannehill and I rolled with Tannehill over Jones last week, too. Um, I'll look ahead to week three. I have no idea who Tennessee plays next week. Uh, the Giants play the 49ers. So uh, uh, I don't know. The Vi- Tennessee is playing the Vikings. Oh, so. then I have to play Tannehill against that <laughs> secondary <laughs> and that defense, which is terrible. Oh, my goodness. Minnesota looks horrendous. Yeah, that's so I probably will have to play Tannehill. The 49ers do have injuries on defense, but it'll probably be Tannehill again. But Derrick Henry, like his over his props for a touchdown were like minus. 160 and 43% owned in some of the DFS contests I played today. Well, see, and that's, that's what people talk about when they say in tournaments, if you know, a player has high ownership to go the other way. Now we could have easily been sitting here and go, well, it was a smart play. Henry had three rushing touchdowns, but the reason if you do multiple lineups, why, if you know, someone's going to be heavily owned, you go the other way, because if they do what Derrick Henry did today, now you're ahead of the field. You know, say if you went Zeke, Aaron Jones yeah. instead, now you got a leg up. That's the what. Now, there's going to be time when the chalk hits, like uh, the Atlanta-Dallas game we talked about. I'm sure mm-hmm. Ridley, Dak, Zeke, all those so, guys were so highly surprisingly, owned. the Falcon side of that stack actually wasn't that very highly owned, but Cooper, Lamb, Zeke, and Prescott were the chalk um, positional. Cash games uh, or, or tournaments? For tournaments. Now, no, no. I've gone over this a, a lot, you know, in the past. I don't think you know I've really ever t- discussed tournament strategy or whatever. But I don't like playing in these massive multi-entry contests. I really like to limit my player pool. Uh, so you know, I don't really play in anything that has over a thousand players. Uh, I'll go ahead and try to find a single injury if I can, if not limit entry. So I'm not, you know, in, in this, it's more of a condensed field. So maybe in the Millie maker, you know, Henry's ownership wasn't 43%, but you know, in the $50 contest that I played that had 500 people in it, it was 40%. So I'm sure it was probably with within that realm, but uh, you know, I had Ridley at like 6% ownership today. 
um, which really helped separate, obviously, because he had a monster day. Crazy. So, yeah. like, I threw an entry in the um, FanDuel Millie Maker. Yeah. Just one, because I usually don't play those either. So, there's, uh, I think, 811,000 entries. So, the guy who won the Millionaire Maker, th- this is the worst part. Like, I had a lot of the players he had. So it sucks. So, we had the exact same four receiver. Yeah, we had the exact same no no my bad we didn't have the exact same four we had three receivers the same so the guy who won the millie maker had lamb evans and ridley i mm-hmm. did too but because i had dak i added another to the stack and it was gallop uh, um, but the guy who won the millionaire maker here's his lineup but when you hear it you're like that's really there's nothing crazy contrarian there at all the only guy that in this lineup that i really didn't think about was tyler higby who was 3.2 percent on but here's his lineup dak prescott ezekiel elliott Jonathan Taylor, CeeDee Lamb, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Higbee, Aaron Jones, and the Packers defense. There's nothing crazy there, right? Except wow. the only guy I didn't think about was Higbee. Right. Um, and you and can't I, project that he's going to have all those touchdowns. Right. I mean, it's not like he had a heavy volume. He had five receptions, three yeah. win for touchdowns. But – and I, I had Henry, and he was 39.1% old. Um Taylor, I knew was going to be popular. He was 26.8. Yeah, but Lamb was 9.9. Ridley was 17.8 in this. Yeah. Um, so in the, in the Millie Maker, uh, Ridley was, on DraftKings was 11.9. He was in the he was in the million dollar lineup, which was Prescott at 11 percent, Aaron Jones at 8 percent, Miles Sanders at 9 percent, Calvin Ridley 11 percent, Amare at 17 and a half, Lamb at 13.4, Travis Kelsey at 5 percent. Uh, was the low there? Jordan Reed at eleven percent. Reed oh, seven catches, flex tight end. fifty. Yeah, flex at tight what end. What was Reed's ownership? Eleven point nine percent in the Millie Maker. Yeah, I wasn't buying into him. I look. Uh, I went back and forth so many times, and Howard and, and he Howard wasn't wrong. He was all over Mo Alley Cox. He had a hundred yards today. So like, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and you know pew pew that. But Jordan Reed seven for fifteen, two scores today. Uh, then he played the Colts defense at three percent for fifteen points, uh, and that was the Millie Maker uh, lineup there. It so, just sucks. I know it's like after the fact, but like when I look at the lineup and I go, man, I kind of thought about all those guys <laughs> except one. It's just like, damn, man. And I don't do one hundred fifty. I don't even do like you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. I wish I. You you know this, John. Like mm-hmm. we are so busy between baseball football and basketball like yeah. it's just like i don't have the time man unless i spend all day saturday and yeah like saturday i was doing a playbook not that it took long because it was one game but it's like i also need some time to, to yeah, live your life a little yeah man <laughs> so now maybe in the weeks ahead as basketball winds down and baseball is done maybe but i i can't do 150 lineups i would love to but but yeah, it's just when I see that, I'm like, damn, man. Now there are other weeks where I'm like, no, I didn't think about like four of those guys. Yeah. But like a week like this week, it's like, this is like all logical. Yeah. I mean, three Cowboys run it back with one Falcon, Jonathan Taylor, huge volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Evans, clearly with no Chris Godwin and matchup against the Panthers. Aaron Jones, I liked. I mean, he was kind of. You know, everyone was going to be on Devontae Adams, rightfully so. So you go, all right, let me go Aaron Jones because he can go off. And, again, the only one that I was like, ah, Higby was like, you know, I would have went, yeah. you know, John o. Smith, you know, a bunch of other guys. Mark yeah, I got, I, got burned, I got burned today. Scotty Miller, he had one, two for 11. Uh, he was 15% owned. So, you know, 
fairly decently owned. And this is in the this is in the millimaker. This is the uh, the fifty k red zone. It's a fifty dollar buy in. Thousand people in it. Um, and I, I didn't love him. I had him ranked like. 48th, yeah. 49th at once, receiver. Once Godwin got ruled out, I, I really just talked myself into him. And that was, he wasn't in any of my lineups initially this morning, uh, kind of going back and forth with some of the guys at Fantasy Lineup about lineup ideas. He was, he was never in the original lineup. Um, I went back and forth between Campbell and Deontay Johnson. And that ended up, obviously, Campbell, you know, wouldn't have worked out. But then I kept Deontay in there. Uh, he had a huge game uh, for Pittsburgh. So that would have been a nice little hit. Uh, but in this contest, like I said, the Millie maker, Derrick Henry, 35%, but in this one, he was 52.3% owned. So uh big Crazy, difference in chalk. Yeah, Crazy. The chalk between the, you know, 300,000 people that play the Millie maker to the 1100 people that were in the 50 K red zone. So uh, yeah, big, big, big difference there for sure. And look, we understand why. Everyone wanted Derrick Henry. He shredded Jacksonville in the past. You figured the game script would be positive. They'd be playing from ahead. And look, he got the 25 carries. It's just 10 on two to touchdowns. But that's why when people say, if you're going to play in a tournament, you want to fade the chalk because if it doesn't hit, like Derrick Henry at that high ownership, and you go elsewhere, like if you went from Henry to Aaron Jones, now you just put yourself and a huge advantage. Yeah, so, Jones, Jones is only like three or 400 cheaper than Henry today, too. So you didn't even have to find the money to get him. Right. There. And that's what you got to do sometimes. You got to look okay. And look, Jonathan Taylor is another one. We knew he was going to be chalk, but at the yeah. same time, he was cheaper. I don't know. He was 58 on FanDuel. Yeah, it's 50, like, yeah, 57 on DraftKings. So. Yeah, so uh, it's just, yeah. But I look, I always do it. I'm like, damn, man, I wasn't really that far off. But I was because I didn't yeah. have I didn't have the guy, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, I was far <laughs> off. But when you – I just it, – it pains me when I see the lineup that wins the million. I'm like, you know what? That is just like a logical lineup that's – there's nothing crazy there. Yeah. Let me look at – second place was – oh, this was painful for the second place team because they finished uh, – wow, they finished point, point five behind first and they had Raheem Mostert go down with an injury. Oh, oh that is brutal. So they had Josh that guy's Allen. not sleeping tonight. Even he though he won like hundred grand, right? You see it still. He won hundred K, but yeah, I'd I look at the when when it digests after a day or so, you're like, all right, I want hundred K. But to think that you could have won a million if Raheem Mostert didn't leave the game. And <laughs> yeah. you know he would have done he would have picked up one more yard for sure. Right, for you sure. Win. But yeah, Josh Allen Aaron Jones, Raheem Mostert, Mike Evans, McLaurin at 3.9%, Ridley, Higby, Austin Eckler, and the Packers. And I thought Eckler wasn't a bad play because I thought he was going to get more receptions. Now, it, uh, Tyrod Taylor ruled out. That was crazy, man. Like, this was a crazy day. Like, it wasn't Taylor, even announced that he was. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it, All like, of a sudden, it's Herbert understanding. You're like, what is going on? No one knew. And apparently, Herbert said he just found out like 10 seconds before the game started. And Taylor had a chest injury all week and aggravated at warm-ups, went to the hospital. Apparently he's fine. And Herbert came in and, you know, defense, they weren't prepared. They don't know. Right. He's got a big arm. We know that. He missed some throws, but he played well, had the rushing touchdown. I don't see how they go away from him. And then, you know, you had the Sunday night, unfortunate, tragic events of James White. Prayers out to him and his family. Because So I have James White, and I'm like, I see he's inactive. I'm like, What? He wasn't on the injury report, and I tweet out, like, get James White out of your lineup immediately. Then, like, five seconds later or ten seconds, like, you see the report that his dad died in a car crash. His mom was in the car. The latest we heard, she was in critical condition, and he didn't play. But, yeah, that's just heartbreaking, man. And uh, 
you know, Russell Wilson was very classy in his post-game interview because he knew him from Wisconsin. Right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's just terrible. But, you know, that's why – and someone was – on Twitter was like, hey, I have white but bigger things in life. And that's what we want to see because I did see someone who was, like, really pissed off at James Wan. It's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. this is this is life. Don't – I'm the biggest fantasy guy and die hard, hate to lose. But, you know, you, this is – more serious but yeah it's, it's mostly like the instant reaction because you like you yeah. said nothing was about it and all of a sudden you see him in active you're like what is going on um so yeah just uh crazy crazy uh and before we take a quick quick look at the the monday games here to wrap this up uh we'll take a minute here give a a, a couple seconds to our sponsor uh monkey night fight obviously they have great prop bet contests uh, you gotta go ahead and check those out uh so take a listen to this and we'll could be right back Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and esports, too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A N T E U P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> All right, and we're back. Uh, Adam, before we wrap this up here, let's just do a quick, quick look at the Monday Night Football game here. We have New Orleans uh, going into Las Vegas for the home opener uh, here for the Raiders. Uh, Michael Thomas already ruled out here. Henry Ruggs is upgraded to questionable, whatever that really means uh, for for the Raiders here. Uh, What's your take uh, on this game? What are you expecting now uh, out of the Saints without Thomas? Yeah, I mean, I think Kamara and Jared Cook benefit the most. I mean, clearly Emmanuel Sanders moves up. So if you were able to draft him, you know, eighth, ninth round, you're going to get the benefits here with Michael Thomas out. I wouldn't be surprised if they use Taysom Hill at wide receiver a little bit, too. We know that they love Taysom Hill, right? Yeah, it wouldn't, honestly, it wouldn't shock me. I had a friend of mine uh, ask my opinion. Uh, He's in a league where the commissioner wanted to change the quarterback position from instead of drafting individual quarterbacks, you draft team quarterbacks, uh, you know, with his excuse being like, Oh, well, if the quarterback gets injured for that week, you at least get the points for the backup. And I was like, nah, that man just wants to draft the, uh, yeah, Saints, that guy right? just wants to draft the Saints. <laughs> so he gets all the Taysom Hill extra points there. Yeah. I never thought about that. I mean, that was brought up due to the pandemic and I was like, nah, no team quarterback. I was cool with team kickers. I think the NFFC did that in some of their events. Um, that I'm okay with, but the team quarterback, no, that's taking it too far. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, Cook's a big benefit here for sure. I mean, I have him as, uh, I think it was fourth tight end this week. You know, he's going to get a lot of targets. 
Kamara, obviously, in a big spot. Latavius Murray, I think, could be used more, too. I think he had 15 carries last week. Yeah, you know, he, did. Were... He, he really split the carries with uh, Kamara there. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough matchup. The Bucks are good against the run. Uh, so, yeah, that's on the Saints side. And on the Raiders side, it's you use Josh Jacobs if you have him. You know, it's a tough matchup. You would like the fact that they were throwing to him last week. You know, Waller, if you have him, use him. The receivers are shaky. I mean, I like rugs, but not an easy matchup, and he's banged up. So uh, I would I would think the Saints win this game, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders keep it close. Yeah, I'm hoping that um, that we can get rugs active uh, in this game. It would be a, a pretty good matchup for him. Uh, if you're looking at it like slot receiver, uh, slot corner uh, matchup that they typically have there, um, you know, for the uh, for the the Saints is usually a really good uh, matchup that we like to take advantage of. So uh, typically, I guess according to Howard, PJ Williams usually goes and covers slot corners uh, for them. So uh, and he's been getting torched in the past year. Or so if you end up getting rugs in the slot in that sort of matchup, you know, they put Lattimore on. I guess would be Edwards and kind of take him out of that, or they'll put Lattimore on maybe Waller and try to cover him that way. It could really be a good game uh, for Rugs. But yeah, I'm not expecting much out of the Raiders here, as you mentioned. Uh, Saints defense, I think the, it was the record they haven't allowed a hundred yard rusher against them, and you know who knows how many seasons now going back. So uh, I think it's gonna be a tough home opener here. Um, what's your thoughts on Traquan Smith? Any love for him? Uh, not really. I mean, I picked him up in a couple leagues, but I'm not playing him. I don't know. I mean, it's going to take like a big play and we've kind of seen him and he's been inconsistent. So I kind of just picked him up uh, where I had some injuries and just stashed him on the bench to see how this works out. But, you know, it's just they spread the ball out so much and he's been on the field to begin with. But Michael Thomas being out, that's a huge target. That's like a 30 percent. But I think it's going to be spread out. So to me, Traquan Smith is kind of desperation if you have a lot of injuries i am not starting him anyway i think i picked him up in two or three leagues but didn't even come close to putting him in my starting lineup uh, i just want to mention real quick i'm surprised you didn't bring it up being a patriots fan but cam newton was unbelievable on sunday yeah. night and a bunch of teams must feel like asses right now for not signing this guy because cam newton uh i thought he looked great week one i'm like okay well let me see a little bit more they were playing from ahead he had to bring this team back tonight. He almost did it. They almost scored the game-winning touchdown. Newton is running. He's healthy. 47 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. He threw some really good passes tonight, 397 passing yards. He made that one bad decision on the interception. Mm -hmm. uh, and he doesn't have a lot of weapons on his team. I mean, this is the same in Carolina. Like, yeah, Julian Edelman's good, but, you know, yeah, Nikhil Harry, you talked about it, how he just can't break tackles can't for a big tackle. dude. He, he would, his numbers tonight would have been way better than eight for 72 on 12 targets. If he couldn't just break an arm tackle so many times he was getting taken out by cornerbacks that weigh like 30, 40 pounds less than he does. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me how he, how he goes down uh, so easily, but you're right. I mean, Demir bird didn't get targeted last week Had nine targets, six catches for 72. And then jewel Julian Edelman eight for a career high of 179 on 11 targets today. Uh, yeah, monster game for him. Cam Newton, uh, total yardage, uh, 350 or 344 total yards. I have math on the 444 total yards. Yeah. Bad math on the fly here. Uh, but uh, <laughs> It's all good. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, I, I'm just glad that I got him in uh, 
one or two leagues. Like I was doing my rant. I was like, how high can I push him up? I'm like, cause he's a guy you want as a backup quarterback. And I wound up drafting him as my backup to Stafford and Cam has been in my lineup the first two weeks. And I don't see how I take him out. So uh, the Patriots, once again, uh, when you think like, all right, it's over. Nope. I know they lost the game, but they're not going away. And, no. but it's amazing. I mean, Cam Newton's unbelievable. There's a lot of people who hate him. I don't know why. I mean, who cares how he, he's, he's got good personality. I mean, I've never been a Cam hater. I like watching him. He was fun to watch tonight. Uh, but he is going to help a lot of fantasy teams. He's going to run like this. Uh, and, you know, I think after week one, people are like, well, is he going to be able to bring his team back? What happens if it? Well, I think he showed it tonight. I think 30 he showed. for 44 for 397 shows that the shoulder seems to be okay. Yeah, he made some really good throws tonight, man, like on the money. So, yeah, enjoy it if you have Cam Newton because uh, you might have gotten him as a backup and he might be your starter. And say you drafted Cam and Murray or Cam and uh, – I mean, anybody, really. Cam yeah, Newton was going yeah. in, like, the 13th round in drafts, 14th round. You might be able to trade one. Like, look, yeah. I think in savvy leagues, no one trades for quarterback. But we have to remember, we cater to a wide audience. And there are people who will trade for a quarterback. Like, say someone has... Baker Mayfield. <laughs> well, if you draft a Baker Mayfield as one of your quarterbacks, I'm sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know. That. Some uh, but say, like, uh, I don't know, Stafford and... Brady, I mean, Brady hasn't been great so far. Stafford, Big Ben was a popular combo I was seeing. I think people, though, with Ben are probably content right now and probably yeah, feel that's, good that's moving true. forward. Yeah, that's true. But uh, who else? Like, uh, yeah, Josh Allen's been fine. Ryan Jones, good. people were oh, high on. He oh, you know what? And I'm one of them. I have Daniel Jones. So, like, say you, or say you did Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz, right? Wentz right. was a disaster today, and they have offensive line issues. Maybe you go to that team and go, hey, um, what do you want for Cam Newton? You know, if you have Cam and Murray, you know, yeah, there's probably some cool. situations out there. That's where you might be able to to get something done because people panic. If that 0-2 team with Wentz and Daniel Jones is looking at that schedule, sees the 49ers, sees the offensive line issues for the Eagles, they might they might give up something. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And it was funny when Patriot signed Cam Newton, I kind of threw out some quarterback rankings and I had uh, Cam Newton at 16, one ahead of Ryan Tannehill, and me and Jen Pinchendi kind of went back and forth about who we thought would be better. Uh, both of them are off to fantastic starts, so uh, I think we're both kind of looking good there. Newton, obviously, way better uh, than QB 16 right now, and Tannehill certainly uh, on his way. So it'll be interesting to see how week uh, three plays out. Adam, one last question before we wrap this up. Uh, the Raiders are plus five and a half home dogs. Uh, are you taking the points or giving them to New Orleans? Uh, I don't feel great about this one, but I would, I would take the points. Take Could the be ball. a close home game. Home yeah. dog on Monday Night Football. I mean, that's usually a a, a bet to take. So I, I kind of lean with you there too. I think uh, the Raiders may be able to keep this one a little bit closer uh, to at least cover that spread. Uh, Adam Grigge again talking into your podcast here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Uh, for those listening, uh, we'll catch you guys next time.